Yeah, and I I believe that it doesn't have to be. And it's like the uh, our birthright of being human beings on this earth is to like never lose this childlike vitality. And if we can go through each day like keeping this childlike vitality and like having fun, and then that is you know that's where life is freaking awesome. You know, those are the moments. Like, who says that we have to like be all like straight and narrow? I mean, I'm like wacky as all hell, and I love it. That's Byron Bay actor, model, and author Isabel Cornish, and you're listening to the beginning of us. Feel like something is rapidly transfiguring in my core being, an awakening of sorts. The beginning of us. A raw conversation hosted by your main fucker, Billy Otto. Pulling apart what it means to rebirth, to rewild, to be curious and to rechild. It's like a new beginning all over again. I can feel it in every core of my being. Yeah, the time is now. And it's my privilege, Billy Otto, your host of The Beginning of Us, to be holding space, to facilitating some raw AF conversations all around curiosity, connection, rebirth, And I just want to say that the chat with Dan Kolapsky was next level. It was off the hook. It was off tap. Um, I just got a word in from Jessica, a message saying, holy fuck, your podcast with Dan Kolapsky just cracked my mind open back to the spiritual awakening place that began for me in a hospital bed where I lost consciousness and drifted out to the ocean. I think I'm going to quit teaching buy a van, travel Australia and make music in 2021 and be a child, capitalised, and follow my calling and live, breathe, dream into the void, capitalised. You're a special one, brother. Thank you for bringing light reminders into my life. Oh, yes. I actually got so many messages about this podcast with Dan Kolapsky of Project Yes and and I want to thank him again for just being so articulate, so cogent with his paradigms and what he knows uh, and, and what he doesn't know. He's just so real with all of that. I just want to say that today's felt a bit weird. I don't know if it's just the full moon, but I started off so smooth, surfing a broken head, getting a child with a friend, but I just feel like I spent way too much time on social media today. Just need to see those boundaries. Um, I'm looking out right now and I can just see eucalypt, um, a jacaranda, some bamboo, some palms. And in my little moment of overwhelm, like half an hour ago, where I was just thinking I've got way too much stuff going on in my life and trying to get on top of it, I just saged my studio. I came back to the present. I giggled a bit and just realized that I don't need to be harsh on myself. Life will work and I can work with the natural flow of the universe. And I'm so blessed to be doing what I'm doing. I get to, to make music full time. I get to produce artists. I get to share my spiritual diary through my songs. And I get to share this space with you guys for this podcast. I've been really coming more and more aware to the fact that I need to share more woman voices. And so the next couple of podcasts that we're going to hear, we're going to hear from some powerful women that are in my world. This podcast with Isabel Cornish is like no other. Just before we dive straight in, I've got a very special song that I've made with a really good friend of mine, Banky. It's called Slow. It's all about heartbreak. 
It's available everywhere. So whether you're on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Deezer, it's there. Might make you cry. Might give you some goosey bumps. But yeah, I went through a really difficult time at the start of this year going through a relationship transition. And so the song's all about that. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my very special neighbour, Isabel. The beginning of us. So excited to introduce the biggest bogan that you'd ever meet. A newy legend. Yeah, we grew up in the same town of Newcastle. She's a plant-based, powered, conscious model and actress. An inspiration to women all over the world. And she oozes with a rigour for life and knows how to put legs on her whimsical dreams. I want to welcome to the show, Isabel Cornish. Hi, everyone. It's such a pleasure to be here. And before we dive in, I would like to start with a little set of intention. Woo! So I'd like you all to take a few deep breaths with me and feel your breath funnel right down deep into your belly. One more. Now, before we start, I would like you to take a few moments to set your intention. So a beautiful intention might be to stay open, to be open to inspiration, to be open to be positively affected, or to create a space where you can receive. You can receive whatever is necessary for you to take on board in this podcast. So I'm super excited to be here and it just feels amazing to be in Byron Bay with someone that grew up in the same place as I did. (laughs) (laughs) Like, look where we are, heaven on earth. Thank you, my sister. Pleasure. Wow. Setting an intention. You know, I think sometimes when you're coming into a potty or a program, you just kind of like trying to, to administrate and operate, bringing together things and what could happen. But I think checking in with you in a moment like that is just so grounding. I was actually thinking about intentions a lot today and we often set intentions for the big things, but I was I was thinking about the way that intentions should be used and should be set in our daily life because the daily life is where we really make the breakthroughs. Yeah. So if there, we can seize the opportunities to set intention and to do everything with presence in our daily life, then when we get to the big things, imagine what we can achieve and imagine how much we can grow. Mm. Yeah, there's something about, I think like a lot of people say things like, I, I just want to see change in my life and I want to, I want to change the world and I want to, you know, this is, this is what I see. What do you see? But do, do you think I can do it? I'm like, bro, like what does your daily look like? Are you bringing intention to the small decisions? Are you bringing joy and gratitude to the small things in life, to the breath that you have, to your surroundings, to your family? That's where transformation really begins. And I think you're completely right. It's all those small intentions and those small commitments and gratitudes that are part of this beautiful metamorphosis of character and journey. Totally. Um, You have a real glow about you, Is. (laughs) And um, how did we initially meet? Well, that is a... mm, 
<laughs> that is a good question. I'm actually not. Did we meet at Lennox Head for the first time? <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. You, you got in contact um, with me um, on Instagram. Yes. I don't know if you're trying to take me out for a date in Changu <laughs> <laughs> or if, um, nah, I think, I don't know if you listen I, to Kyle Lionheart. If, do you listen to Kyle Lionheart? I think that we got in touch via Andy because we both were yeah, yeah, in the sure, same sure. kind of circle and you were coming to Byron to play a gig. That's right. And I was going to go to the gig and I saw Andy told me that you were coming to play a gig and I was going to tag along. Well, we, we turned out to be in Bali at the same time. Were we? And I remember, yeah, I looked oh, yeah, over and true. I saw that Andy was our mutual friend on Instagram. I'm like, that'd be sick because I didn't have many friends like when I was hanging out in Changu. I was just like, yeah, I will, you know, I'd get on my little moto and totally. drive all the way to Ulu's I to see the trend friend. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she's totally... an actor. That'd be sick. She have so many stories. I totally forgot about that. That's <laughs> freaking amazing. That's so good. I totally yeah. forgot. There but we go. it wasn't until I realised that we were neighbours. Like, you literally live five minutes away. In like a random part of like what we'd call kind of the bar and vortex. But um, yeah, when we hung out for a coffee, like the fact that you were from my hometown, like we share in that beautiful heritage of Newcastle. And then I heard you talk and I'm like, wow, she kind of sounds like me, but she's even more burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love do it. You have, like- do you have a lot of in, uh, moments where people try to imitate you? Well, people think that when they meet me that I'm not so Aussie and then they meet me they're like, holy shit. <laughs> You're like so Aussie and I'm like, I love it. And especially like, you know, in America, I act in an American character and American accent. And like yeah. when I'm not doing that, I just want to embrace that. That it just makes just real. I mean, I could, it's just the real part of me. I grew up in the bush. I grew up in the country. And, you know, if you met my brothers and my family, then you would understand a lot of the way that I am. And I just, it's just fun. I mean. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so you, you definitely have like a real connection with nature, with the bush and the ocean. Tell me about that. Yeah, so nature changed my life. Um, Mother Earth, when I went through a difficult period and I began to heal and I, ha- I get these like porthole visions into the future and that was one of the moments when I was in like a space. So I was like caught in a space for a while and all of a sudden I was standing by the ocean one day and I got a porthole vision and I looked deep into the future and I saw the person that, I was destined to become and I felt the person that I was, that I needed to become. And from that moment, I understood, like, I just felt this deep, like, intertwining with me and nature. And then from that day on, I, like, lost all my- When was this, by the way? This was probably when I was 20. Oh, wow. So I had, I'd always appreciated nature, but it was like that moment. And then everything that I was going through at the time- just all made sense. And I like mm. felt like all my feelings of like isolation and loneliness or anything that I had felt simmering under the surface just kind of disappeared. And I felt like this intertwining and I felt at home. Mm. And then from then, then on, nature became my sanctuary. So I'd go to the reserve every day during that period of like building myself, building myself to to hopefully eventually become the woman that I've always dreamed of becoming. You know, it's yeah. a journey and it's a process. And Mother Nature just like supported me on that journey. Mm. And... It's just, it's flawless. It's just like, it's, I used to think that there was nothing as perfect, but then I fell in love with nature and I was like, that is perfection in itself. Just this untamed beauty and with no judgment. And like, I yeah. see a reflection of human beings in nature and it's just, yeah. yeah. There's my spiel. That was like 10 minutes worth of talk about nature. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but the grounding essence of nature. Um, I see you've got a van. It's kitted out even better than mine and cruising around in it. And like that's another tool for you to access 
nature on a more intimate level that you can just pack up and bring your little home into the home of nature. Yeah. And it was like I'd lived in LA, I'd lived in Sydney and living in Los Angeles for so many years. And then when I had the accident, when I accidentally moved to Byron Bay, I was like, this is my opportunity. I was like, I want to buy a van and like deck it out. So then I have a craving to go to the cities and I also have a sanctuary where I can just take off. And I absolutely adore it. It's just I never, and it didn't happen overnight. I used to think, oh, I wish I could just, you know, get a camper and take off. But it just was a slow process mm. and there's nothing better for me. Yeah. I think even the fact that we live pretty much in Lennox Head and I I can't even really be fully in my body and in my flow unless I'm like in the ocean like once a day or at least just like without my shoes and standing in soil. Yeah kind of earthing in some way, do you find that's part of your flow, part of your ikigai as well? Is just kind of on the daily getting your dose and that immersive experience? Totally. And like when you feel the way that you feel when you do those things, it's very hard to not want to do those things. They just become a part of your lifestyle. That's what inspired me to write the book that I'm writing, which yeah. shares these simple lifestyle tools and tricks that you can use on the daily basis to make you feel how you want to feel, to be able to live the life you want to live. But the the healthy habits, I like to call them, that I've discovered and implemented, they can be also used in cities. But the same thing, like mm. it's just, it's very grounding and it just helps yeah. you to feel centered. Because it's like, it's part of all of our evolution. It's like the last 100,000 years of Homo sapiens. Like we've always been in groups in nature without shoes, like yeah. living off the land, part of nature. And it's only really been like the last couple thousand years of human history that we're isolated, disconnected from nature. We don't see ourselves as nature. We're sitting around desks yeah. and we're wondering why depression, anxiety is through the roof. Australia's got the worst suicide rate in the world, youth suicide rate. I like um, to call it, we're all living in nature deficit. Oh, sit on that for a second. And I think for you and I both that have lived in cities, you lived in LA for years, I lived in Chicago, we both lived in Sydney, but it's really hard to like really think about going back long-term living in a city. Yeah. You know what I mean? After you've partaken of being immersed in eucalyptus trees. Yeah, totally. You know? It's too good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and obviously some people need to live in, in the big cities of the world, but I know that for me, like I just can't put a price on it anymore. Yeah. Like this, this geographical spaciousness that has created heart spaciousness is something that I just can't, like I need it now for my flow of my own health and wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. I want to know, uh, I want to get to your book in a moment, but um, let's just go back in this like historical landscape of Isabel Cornish. And so grew up in Newey, you went to Mary, uh, to Hunter Sports. No, Performing no, Arts. Performing Arts, sorry. Performing yeah. Arts in uh, Broadmeadow. Um, did you foresee yourself living part of the Hollywood dream for when you were growing up? Was that always like a determined oh, yeah. dream? Okay, wow. From like five or six. Like I used to do catwalk modelling when I was four and then I did – television commercials and things like that. And then when I went to perform, like through primary school, I was desperate to act. And I was like, I need to do this. And I used to like stilt walk and write my own scripts. And like, I have bags of videotapes. I bought a video camera and I would just sit for hours in my room making movies. And Whoa. then I convinced my mum. But to slow me- down with that. Like Shelly, your mum, was yeah. she really encouraging that path for you as well? Or was she like, whoa, 
Like where were your parents at with just those dreams that you had? And So my mum, that period, so my mum had gone through it with my sister and my mum knew what- Abby, right? My sister, Abby. My mum knew that once she let me go, what that would require. So mum sure. told me that during my primary school and high school years, I had to wait till I was 16 to audition for projects because we lived two and a half to three hours from Sydney. And my mum was a single mum. She was working a job and going to uni. So she couldn't afford to- take all that time off and to drive. She wanted to, but she just honestly couldn't. So I had to wait till I was 16 to catch the train three hours to Sydney to do an audition and catch it back. Mm. So during that period, it was like, how can I, like, I wanted to do that so bad, but I had to wait. So it was like, I and then I wrote a monologue and went to performing arts high school and I kind of really flourished there. And then as soon as I was 16, I just stopped going to school and I would just get on the train and catch the train, do an audition, catch the train back. Mm. And um, luckily it just kind of went on from there. I just like landed one job and then I got to leave school and started working. And So what age did you leave school? Um, 16 to 17. No way. You didn't do your HSC? No. No. But I never went to school really anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just really, I was just so, um, I have ADHD and I was just so inspired <laughs> by like <laughs> creativity that I just... Like when I see things that I'm interested in that aren't where I am, it's like my brain just like grasps on there and I get like hyper-focused and I just all I want to do and I'll do anything to do it. Newcastle super tall poppy syndrome vibes. Like did you feel like your teachers were encouraging on this path? Did they see the vision that you saw and were they encouraging and they were, were they gracious with you taking so much time off and did they see your potential with the gifting that you had and what you're expressing? I think so. I mean, I didn't go to school that much. I never really had that deep of a connection with many of my teachers besides my drama teachers, but they were all very understanding. Like when I wasn't at school and I was away acting, everyone was very, the teachers were very understanding. Mm. Um, I don't remember ever, ever having difficulties there. Mm. I remember it just being like, oh, that's what Isabel's off doing and blah, blah, blah. Like, so I was really grateful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you found yourself in LA and that was your home for like years. Yeah, so I did, uh, I worked on some film and television here and then I was like... That was with Home and Away. Was that the first kind of break for you? I did Puberty Blue. I mean, I did um, Rescue Special Ops and then Dance Academy and then uh, Home and Away, then Puberty Blues. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm hungry for more. I want to go over to America. <laughs> so I got a plane to America and then started to do... Did like, your mum go with you on that trip? No, just went on my own. When you were like, how old? 17. What? Um, <laughs> so I just went over to America with a suitcase and then just signed with an American agency and would do the three months, fly home, and then fly back in and do another three months. Yeah. Until I would like, I was just like juggling between like, I was like, when I was in Australia, I was floating between like Newcastle or Sydney. And then when I was in LA, I was just there to like do auditions. And then I landed a pilot there and then did another American pilot. And then I just did this. And then I signed with a modeling agency over there too. So I was modeling in Los Angeles for a while. And that was really good for me because it enabled me to get a visa. Mm. So my modeling visa gave me a visa to also stay there and do auditions. Yeah. It was a very hard juggle between the modeling because the modeling wasn't something that like pulled my heartstrings at all. Mm. But it was like, uh, it was also something that, you know, if I did that, if I did a little bit of modeling, then I could stay there to yeah. land the auditions to then yeah. land the work. Completely. And so um, what was the job that kind of kicked things off in the States when like for you to be there as an actress? 
So it was, um, so I did some pilots. So what every year there's pilots that shoot. So all the television series shoot a pilot one episode yeah. and then if they get picked up, they get picked up. Yeah. So I did a few pilots and that gave me quite good exposure because they mm. were with really good cast and crew. And then I had, you know, with acting, like you have a period where you work and then you don't work for a year. Yeah. And it's just the way, it's just the way it is. And then my, the big kind of breakthrough I had, I ditched the modeling thing. I was like, this isn't for me. I landed, then I'd landed the- How did you know it wasn't for you? It, I just, I didn't like it really the whole time. It was like, I had this vision of modeling that would be more creative and just the world, you know, I mm. made a choice that I didn't want to be, I didn't drink, I stopped drinking for five years. So I was in this environment where the girls were like going out and drinking and partying and mm. I wasn't doing any of that. So I was already feeling isolated as it was. Sure. And I wasn't positively evolving and expanding. And I just thought, you know what, like this has served me what it served me for, but now it's not taking me forward. And it may be a risk to stop doing that, but it's a risk I'm willing to take for my art as acting and for where who I want to be and what I want to become. Mm. And so I just kind of like made a decision with that. And then I um, landed the American Marvel series that I did in Hawaii, which was super cool. Because I got to go to Hawaii. I was like, this is a dream. I live, you know, it was magic because Los Angeles is the center for auditions, but nothing really shoots there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so expensive to shoot in Cali. Yeah, it's just not really the most beautiful locations and the, all the studios are in other places. And Yeah. Obviously, so much shooting's happening in like even New Mexico. Um, mm. A lot in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, the Hollywood of the South. Yeah. Um, in Canada. Atlanta. Everything Atlanta. shoots there. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, yeah, like is you were, I guess, in a lot of the world's eyes growing in this young success and you're on that trajectory. You were going to all the right events and things. Like it was all happening. But from what you've expressed to me, there was something in your soul journey yeah. There was, there, was, there was a problem. There, was, there wasn't, I wouldn't call it a void, but there was just some disconnect and I, I'd love to go there. Yeah. It was just, I didn't, like, I could see that world and I was like, that's not me. Mm. So I just kind of made a choice. So like, how can I stay in this world, but like continue on the path I wanted to continue on. So I turned to, you know, health and wellness. And that's why I say like health and wellness saved me because if I didn't, if I wasn't inspired by like eating right and like exercising, what would I have done with all that free time, you know? Yeah. And like learning and like studying nutrition, like self-study of nutrition and spirituality and just was like a home for me mm. when I had so much spare time. And it just made me understand that like the the path that I was hoping would be right, like felt right. And then it mm. just kind of went on from there and it was just like this beautiful dance for a while between you know, trying to grow and trying to learn and stay committed to my acting because with acting, like with anything creative, there's the ups and downs and it's like, how can I stay, how can I trust mm. and how can I stay inspired and how can I feel that this is journey is right for me in the moments where you're not working or, yeah, so it's just been a beautiful adventure and mm. um, and it's just been so, you know, it's been brilliant for me being able to reach all of these people and to reach young women and that's what like with acting and with modeling I was able to build a little community yeah and then I started to understand that if I could use this community and inspire others then like that, that was my mission and that was my purpose and that's what like began to light me up 
just rewind a second though. Like what was what was that point and that realization and even that sensation of like doing all the right things, like everything's evolving in the right direction. But was there a certain point or realization moment? Like was it in the States where you're like Was that porthole? Creating creating that. So yeah, so it was back in that other experience. That you, yeah, so it was, it was like it was the that, porthole vision thing. Like yeah. before, I'd like had an idea of it, and yeah. I was like, I didn't want to. But then that was like boom. It was like, yeah, like you know, I'd and planted that's the what seeds. helped to enable balance and that holistic health. Yeah. You know, because there's nothing wrong with acting in that world. Like it's we need that because I think sometimes the uh, the outsider looking into the entertainment industry, or oh, that's a dangerous path if you want to stay healthy. You know, have like a normal life or a healthy relationship. But I think there is fully a way to be in the industry and to be completely healthy totally. and a legend. But it makes, <laughs> like, I believe that that's like, you know, that is an opportunity for more magic because the more yeah. in tune with your breath and your body and the more you eat right and the more you cleanse your mind, yeah. the more of the ability you have to, like, let go and let creativity flow. And that's where, yeah. like, the beauty blossoms from. Yeah. I, I said to someone this week, I'm like, I... I want to help be part of that. I want to help to be part of that culture of the healthy musician who's really cool with going to bed at nine o'clock and waking up at six to meditate and to run, jump in the ocean and to be healthy going into my later thirties and to, you know, um, I've never wanted to have an image of just the smoker musician who's just like lives for the bag, you know, like it's just not me. Exactly. And And I have a lot of girlfriends that I treat with respect and I've never wanted to be like a musician fuckboy. Like it's not part of me. Yep. And just to be able to like, but that doesn't fully go along with a rock and roll image, but who cares? Like, It's exactly what I went through. It's the new dawn. It's like, and I think it's the new dawn for, for women and for men and just coming into that sacred energy of like you can fully be a light in those industries that are more complex where you're putting yourself out there all the time, people are watching you. But um, yeah, like why can't we be healthy going into that industry and shining in that space? We can. Yeah, I believe it. A hundred percent. You've done some study. Um, oh yeah, I love, I love study. Oh, I tell you, that was one of the first <laughs> conversations we had over a mushroom latte. What was, uh? yeah, tell me about the course that you studied and- um. um so I did, I've done a lot of self-study over the years. And then when I, I went to Costa Rica and did my 300-hour Jiva Mukti yoga training, which was absolutely transformational. And then after that, I did uh, study. Was that over like a three-month period? No, it was, it was like five weeks. Five in, weeks? In the, yeah. Um, it was intense and uh, absolutely amazing. So I studied yoga and then I self-studied nutrition and all these other things for years and I was then inspired to learn eating psychology, which absolutely transformed my life. And eating psychology just was just like that piece of the puzzle that was missing from my health journey. Mm. And it showed me how like we are all encompassing. And like I like to say that there's like we have this beautiful body of water. That's what we are, this crystal clear body of water. And there's all these little streams that pour into the body of water. And eating psychology helped me to understand that you can't put dirt in one stream and and um, expect it not to affect the big body of water. So you can't mm. treat people shitty and expect to have like a good mental health. You can't like, you can't mm. um, have no connection with nature and expect to not have unwanted eating habits. <sighs> and it helped me to understand how like health and everything that we go through and these difficulties we have, I like to call them divine symptoms. Mm. So I have anxiety, but what, that's, that's the symptom. 
But mm. where is the symptom coming from? Yeah. Do I need more it stemming from? self-love? Mm. Do I need to, you know, take care of my relationships? Do I need more fun? And that's the question. Yeah. I love that. That's like it's all uh, a part of a, a, a bigger ecology totally. of experience and discipline. and Yeah. Because I think like the prescriptive big pharmaceutical model of just like chuck them drugs, you know, this will fix that one thing. It's like, no, but it's not holistic. It's not getting to the root. Like there's trauma involved. 100%. You know, it's like we're, relation- we're spiritual beings. I even like how you said fun. Like that, that's a really important piece of the puzzle. Fun is just everything. <laughs> yeah. the, other the, day, inner child. the other day I was doing this, I was like running home and I get really inspired and I run home and I get like my phone out and I'm like, audio record. And I was like doing like the yin and yang to life, you know, like yin and yang. And then I was like, and then I got to fun and I had no opposite to fun. I was like, fun, just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat it. Like it's a gift of being human beings. Like make everything fun. And even the hard jobs in life, I like to make fun. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so inspiring when you see like six-year-old legends that are just like so good at having fun. They haven't lost the inner child. Still going to work for them is like jumping in the sand pit. And they love what they do. They've curated a life where work is fun and they still really hold on to hobbies and connecting with particular people. They love surfing. That is their fun. They make food fun. Like why Why did adulting have to become so sterile? Yeah, and I, <laughs> I believe that it doesn't have to be. And yeah. it's like the uh, our birthright of being human beings on this earth is to like never lose this childlike vitality. Mm. And if we can go through each day like keeping this childlike vitality and like having fun and mm. then that is, you know, that's where life is freaking awesome. Mm. You know, it's, those are the moments. Like who says that we have to like, be all like straight and narrow. I mean, I'm like wacky as all hell and I love it. <laughs> I love it being a 32-year-old and saying to my friends that are like 70, I'm just like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Like I just don't know if I'll ever grow up. It's a bit of that Peter Pan thing, but a redeemed, not like a toxic Peter Pan, but just like. That's yeah. so, that's amazing. Yeah, of just like living in this place of wonder and like uncertainty, like beautiful like questions of, the universe and like there's so much that I don't know and I love that. So you know, um yeah, it is. I, I wanted to to bring out a couple of things that you've said Ooh. that I've found. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I love this quote from Isabel. It says, You are beautiful when you do nothing. You are enough when bare. I love all your shades. I don't see the things you call flaws. All I see is you and everything you are is enough. If that's not a stream of consciousness, what is? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's just, it's all, all encompassing. That's how I feel when I, I see people. Wow. Yeah. Um. When I think of that, I think of an image of you, like the first ever social media post that I saw of you was when you were taking like this selfie video where you were just like kind of blank face and then you started to smile. Oh, yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, this is a woman who's really like in a body, knows what's going on. But it was just really powerful again of mm-hmm. like seeing like your vulnerability and your humanity in something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what 
what is this myth, especially as women? Women have a different pain body to men, especially when it comes to image. And I want to go there because you're yeah. very big in women's work. And yeah. that's really inspiring to me as a man. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, is it pop culture? Is it just this realm that we've, you know, is it what LA and the Hollywood entertainment industry has taught women, like women have to look a certain level and this and that and this world of comparisons. Yeah. Women not being able to leave the home without putting makeup on and that those kind of complexes. What do you have to say into that space about women and self-worth? Yeah, so growing up as as a woman, you know, we're influenced we're influenced by things like the media or others or our own mind's perception that we need to fit into this box of, you know, beauty. Mm-hmm. And beauty or you're looking a certain way. And the more that we can like tap into our spiritual self, then the more beauty we actually begin to radiate. So, and I feel like it's also growing up as a young woman in a very masculine driven society in some ways. We can, if we're not conscious about it, we can lose touch with the beauty of the feminine. Yeah. And the beauty of the feminine is soft and nourishing and is mm. able to flow like water. As women growing up, we're told, oh, don't like, don't cry. Like, that's too much. Well, you're too emotional. Yeah. But for women to feel their emotions, that's mm. what they need to do. And, you know, even that in itself, like, that's like the symptom. You know, you stop feeling your emotions and then you are then like, oh, well, now I need to like, do this and do this and dress like this as like strategies to like help you feel how you think you're meant to feel. But it's all undoing, not doing. That's the thing. It's like how can I undo all the conditionings and the expectations and all the limitations that I've picked up throughout my life and how can I begin to unpeel those layers to become back to myself, Mm. to come back to a home where I feel enough exactly as I am and I don't have to do anything. And you can still want to grow, but it's how can I grow in, and be in deep acceptance with where I am right now? Mm. So. Wow. That's some profound shit you just dropped there. Um, yeah, fully embracing the feminine and the feminine energy. Like even like sitting with emotions and just embracing that and seeing emotions as friends and – I don't know what's come over like this weird male-driven society, like stop being emotional because guys get told that as well. I was told that growing up in the rugby league town of Newey, stop, stop being emotional. And so that part of my sacred feminine wasn't able to come through growing up all through high school and stuff. I was just trying to be one of the boys. But as a woman, like, you know, no one, for some reason, it's, it's, it's downplaying to a woman and degrading when, oh, she's so emotional. Like I feel like that's a way that you can write a woman off as a man. Hmm. But it's still, I don't know, there's some, there is something really toxic about that when you're yeah. not just allowing a woman with a beautiful softness and sensitivity just to be in that space and just to embrace all that. Yeah, and if we start to restrict, that's when yeah. we get, you know, ill. Repressing, suppressing. Just, just It's all about embrace and it's just all about like just trying like a practice, like a self-love, yeah. self-acceptance practice. I had a dear friend, um, Brooke, who was just, with me just like 40 minutes ago and some of her friends, her husband was here as well. And the last three days that I've seen her, she's cried in conversation every time, but almost felt a little bit bad that she's so emotionally responsive. Mm. And I was just like, Brookie, you are beautiful and you are fully in a beautiful, soft, vulnerable state. Never lose that. Don't close that off. Like it's welcomed here, you know? Yeah. Because I don't think we're – 
like our our world, especially in the West, we're not ready for that kind of softness and that vulnerability, especially like women even are kind of taught just to like suck it up, you know, got to do more things. Yeah. Going back to your quote, you know, like, no, but you're beautiful as you are. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to do anything. If you want to do something, if you're exactly. inspired to yeah. do something, then do it, of course. Yeah. But don't feel like you have to do anything to make you more or better because exactly as you are is enough. Mm. What do you have to say is to women that are listening in that fucking think that their body's really shit and they've kind of got gotten caught in a feedback loop of comparisons and they look at a lot of Instagram <laughs> and, you know, like I think self-criticism is yeah. is is quite quite dark and we, we all feel that in different ways, but particularly to women, how could you speak into that space right now? So if you're in a place like that, the first thing is to have compassion for exactly where you are. Mm. So have compassion for having these issues. The first thing that we need to do is be okay with where we are. Not, oh, I am bad because like, I don't love myself. Mm. You know, we can't, we have to love to change. We have to love first. Mm. So have compassion for the woman that's struggling and then and then begin to take small daily actions and steps. So a compassionate dialogue can, you know, like I understand that I'm having these bad thoughts, but like I am okay. And like to soothe over, I like to say like to soothe those parts of yourself, like, like the thought comes up like, oh, I need to like lose weight or my body's really bad, but it's just like, how can I have compassion for that part of myself? Like, I understand this is hard. Like, I'm a young woman living in this modern world and, like, that's really difficult. And then to make mm. choices, like, to just think of, I like to say, like, think about your future self and then try and create that today. Mm. So you don't, you know, it's not about getting to a place where, like, everything's magic and rosy. It's just all the small daily decisions. So if your goal is, like, self-love, it's just, like, how can now, right now, can I have a thought and I can just like be okay with the thought and I can give that thought compassion? And then that grows mm. into, oh, like I'm looking in the mirror today and I'm not letting that thought take me down. Mm. I'm just having compassion. Yeah. And then it goes to I'm not having that thought mm. and I'm highlighting something beautiful about myself or something that <laughs> I actually like about myself. Mm. And that's where we grow. We can't aim, we can't be in a place and aim for the top because that's not how we get there. Mm. So and that's where a lot of women go wrong. They're in a negative spiral and they think, oh, I just have to love myself today. And like yeah. that is also forcing. You have to love where you are right now to change. Yeah. Because it's quite abstract and quite, it's a huge thing of, I've just got to try to love myself today. It still is trying to manipulate something. Yeah. So just observing, yeah, I thought that, have compassion on those thoughts. Let it pass through you like you're a porous rock. Yes, being okay with where you are and yeah. like opening the space because that's when you And I think if any woman or man is listening in can just be like, yeah, you're not your thoughts. You can observe those things. Exactly. Welcome those thoughts and not judge. I used to judge myself so much over things that I would think, fuck, I can't believe I thought that about myself. Oh, I'm so, you know, and just like spiritually punching yourself in the head. Yeah. But it's like you can just kind of with the smile of the Buddha, just that little half smile, I just kind of giggle. I can't have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, then do whatever you have to do. Like if you need to put on dance music, you can just get back into your body. Yeah. Like do yeah. a downward facing dog, anything. Like do your little like Rocky Balboa, just punch in the air, just get back into your body. Creativity, movement, and then also oh. seeking positive influences. That's the next key. Like if you're in a if you're in a place that you don't want to be, begin to stop looking for those people that you compare yourself to and start seeking positive influences. Like find girls like with that are 
preaching body positivity and mm. find girls that like were in a dark space and like now they've transformed because seeing their journey makes you believe that like you can get to that space. Yeah. Seeing is believing. So start to seek, use all those places where you're comparing to actually seek more positive influences. Yeah. Um, you can only be what you see, you know, and so it's like if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. I think that's, that's so good because we are tangible humans. We can't just live in this abstract world like – Oh, wow. Yeah, that per- – yeah, cool. So, yeah, yeah. like seek – use all that places where you're looking for the negativity. Use that to seek positivity of who you want to become or like think about it and like use your journal and create an image of mm. like the qualities of the woman that you want to become. Like does she have self-love? Is she compassionate? Is mm. she caring for herself? Is she caring for her heart? Like creating that image in your mind gives you something tangible to take steps toward every day. It's like I like to say you can't drive a car and expect to get to a destination taking directions when you haven't defined the destination. Mm. You need to define where you want to go yeah, so that you can take the, the small sure. action steps. It's beautiful. I want to say is that on behalf of men and myself, I I want to apologise for how terrible like I have been to women in the past. You know, and but with this, like, I just want to say that I think there's just a lack of understanding. Like, I want to give grace to my older self because it's like I was very ignorant, but you know, but I have done some really pretty heavy things, you know, and you know, but I think it's conversations like these and to hear you speak is so mm. inspiring to me. And I think there needs to be a better dialogue. Yeah, there and, does. And it's not about hating on the masculine. Like I hate it when it's like, oh, that's toxic masculine. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, if there's toxic masculinity, there has to be toxic femininity. Exactly. Too. That's like it's and like because we're we're in this together. And but I think it's like I I can fully observe that like I have a different pain body as a male. You know how women like the, our last you know couple of thousand years of human history aren't beautiful with subjection of women to the male. Like that's that's real. But you, you are the change. Like, yeah, for sure. Like that. Yeah. And that's just so amazing. Yeah. And you can't, you also can't say that like you were bad. That, yeah. Because that in itself. I was learning. You were learning. And, and I was like, fully like trying my best, but like I was peer pressured and I'd watch certain movies and I grew up in porn, you know, it's like these were my teachers. But now like purging out the noise and finding better elders and better teachers. And it's just like, fuck, like I feel so much more connected to women now than ever and I'm more from having more girlfriends and sisters around me I'm more in my feminine energy than ever before too it's like you are the change that the world needs and like (laughs) that is just so beautiful like don't ever have a moment where you're like I wish I didn't or because like you like are sitting in this place right now which is like what we all need and like that is just like so freaking cool you know like it's so conscious and like beautiful and like Mm. magical and like where we we have a gift to have someone like you be able to talk about these things. Mm, yeah. That's awesome, yes. Yeah, I think um I think a lot of guys do feel kind of bad that they've been assholes and I've got a question for you. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I but yeah, keep that question, but um you know, one night stands all that whatever. Like it's, you know, it's part of the journey, but I feel like to have compassion as a man as well and not to be in this. I feel like from my dad, for example, there's a lot of regrets and like unforgiveness to self. But I think just seeing like beautifully like 
when you're talking to little Billy, like it's still part of you and you can talk to him like he's a little kid, you know, just finding his way. That's so good, It's yeah. so beautiful and just like yeah. I was learning, you can giggle about it, you can like grieve, but then it's like you move through it. It's like, man, I'm I'm rejoicing that I'm I'm growing, I'm evolving and my I'm becoming more aware about myself and about mm. the opposite sex. Women are a part of me, I'm a part of them. Like we're in this one ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. that's so magic. Question. And I got two questions. <laughs> this Go is there. for all the guys. Number one, when was the moment, like when when did your journey start? When did you realize, oh my God, like when did you start to, you know, see women as you're seeing them now and like have this like connection with the feminine, this understanding of the feminine and like the way that like we dance and flow? What was your aha moment or what made, what inspired you to, you know, look at that that background and to make a choice to move forward. I looked at certain moments in my life where I'd said and done like some pretty perverse things, like calling out women, getting them to get their C-U-N-T out in front of, like I will just say things, why can't you just, because all the boys were there, you know, I'd just Did like say. Did someone inspire you to have that realisation? Um, I don't Did know. Like, to- I, I remember just these, it was almost like the universe gave me these moments where I was just like, these are like pinpoint surfacing moments of mm. my ego ruling my life. Mm, right. And it was probably initially through the church that I began to see like, because what religion can be good for is that it gives you a bit of a template on how to access spiritual truths. Often the religion can become the idol and then you start killing people over religion. But I think what religion was given for was like a template and a portal to access tools. And I think what initially faith brought to me was like, oh yeah, like I've been conditioned through porn, but like at the end of the day, women are actually more so like a sister, like we're, we're family. And yeah. But I'm being conditioned through film and through music to commodify the opposite sex and to talk to a girl just because she's hot or my friends think she's hot. But I think for me, in my early 20s, I fully had this change of heart where I was just like, man, um, you had a change of consciousness like, and a change of yeah, heart. Yeah, there was yeah. a change and it was still an evolving journey. Like I've changed again so much in the last two years, but like beautifully, I think there were some different mentors that came into my life that held me in that beautiful standard. Not like I was trying to change, but it was just like something just shifted where I was just like, I cannot continue on that trajectory of making girls feel unsafe or like I'm trying to get something out of them. And And I think in my spirit, it felt really right for me to like – come in with a theme of honour, you know, of like even the, the spirit, cool. the principle of Jesus is like love your neighbour as yourself and like how can I, if I don't love myself first, I can't even love women well first because I feel like there was so much self-judgment and um, unresolved trauma that I was just I was just reacting and just like, fuck, I need this girl, I need that, I need this. And it was just like, it was just this, just this misled little kid. But when I yeah. started coming into myself and loving myself, I could just be like, She's awesome. That's and I can also talk to that person who I don't find as attractive, but I can fully embrace them and they can know that I have a brother energy. And it just was like, yeah. That's so, I think that's what you said then. I think that's the magic that we all need to take on today. Yeah. Is to just go about the world and seeing others that we meet with honour. That in yeah. itself is freaking beautiful. Like yeah. that is just the intention that I'm going to be going with for the rest of the year. <laughs> like that's just so such simplicity. It's yeah. just a way of just like if everyone I meet, no matter who they are, where yeah. they're from, Younger, or what older, sex they are, if I can trans, just whatever, just like honor them. Honor, yeah. It's freaking amazing. That's what yeah. I'm taking on. 
Oh, man. Uh, so good. And it's like the beautiful thing to all the boys out there, like it's so bloody liberating that you're not just this creepy dude that's going to an event to find someone. You know, it's like it changes your whole perspective on your experience, your reality, that your, your intention becomes to connect with people. And, you know, and to learn and yeah. to like experience fun. And it's, there isn't that weird misconstrued like agenda. And you get to experience women for all parts of them and all of, that's the most yeah, beautiful parts sure. of women is those parts. Like mm. when they can open up to you because they feel safe. That's when you really get to see a woman, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. Mm. And I think in my, my relationship with my ex-fiance, it's like Chrissy taught me so much about just dealing with my, like what I hadn't resolved from my parents' marriage. Like my parents have been amazing. They've tried their best, but how much, especially men, when we're not being conscious, we go default into how our dads treated our mums. It just is how it is. And my dad's a boomer, beautiful man, but wasn't super intentional with a lot of things he said to my mum in front of me. And in your subconscious or in your unconscious, you absorb all that. Totally. And so I'm making these judgments about Chrissy and just like, and I would think that she's always the problem. But she would just bring me back to like, Billy, when you're saying those things, it's just things that you haven't resolved. And she brought me back to like a bigger transcendent subject that I hadn't gone into. Yeah. And that caused me, I think in relationships, you find out those things really quick. 100%. You see all sides of the human. And you're like, you think you say all these things about, yeah, I respect women so much. But then you're like, whoa, like tables have been flipped again. Like I have to start again, but it's beautiful. Like there's so yeah. much you don't know. And there's so much, like, that's growth in itself because <laughs> you're forced to, like, go, like, holy shit, that's me, that's not them, or, like, yeah. that's my shit. And, like, you know, because everything yeah. is a projection. For sure. And as much as her, like, breaking up with me and calling off a wedding was, like, the worst thing in the world for me at the time, that became the biggest chrysalis experience was that I had to search deeper of, like, why did this experience occur? And I just did my own rehab for, like, a month. I've just got off alcohol, any porn, any coffee, and gluten. I fully just would exercise twice a day. And I think, like, like going back to the side of this conversation, it's, like, I think a lot of dudes, like, want to have a revolution in the way that they see this space and relationships and women, but it's it's a holistic thing. It's kind of like you can memorize Russell Brand quotes all day, but if you're still eating shit, if you're still just going to the pub every second night, it's kind of like there has to be an intention that is more holistic and balanced, I think. Getting back into nature, nature will teach you how to treat women. Totally. And there's like, (laughs) I was thinking about that a lot recently, like we can learn things, we can hear things, but it's not till we try them, we feel them, and then we implement them that they become wisdom. Where before Mm. that, like we can have knowledge, like I can go and read a textbook, but unless I implement that textbook that I've read and I use it in my life and I feel it and I let it create some sort of feeling to positively affect me, then that's wisdom. Then I'm growing and that's Mm. when I'm using it. Like, you know, all the Russell Brand quotes, if you don't implement them, practice with them, you can't have any meaning to them. Because if you start integrating them, like my my Vedic meditation teacher always teaches me. I do Vedic meditation, no way. It's it's, yeah, TM changed my life. But he 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 said a couple of times in a couple of classes, he's like, wisdom is seen in the spontaneous. Like you can see someone's wisdom when crisis happens, how they respond. Yeah. If they're like running around, beautiful Ned Flanders guy. Yeah, yeah, amazing, so happy. But then something happens like, holy shit, fuck, what are you doing? And so they react, they project at you, they project at themselves. It's like you can see that something's not right. But like when people are really growing involving this journey, when crisis happens, 
in the spontaneous, they can react in peace. Yeah. But that's what happens in the spontaneous. It's a natural reaction. Yeah. You're like, oh, that happened, crashed my car. Oh, all right, you know. And so you're still in your body, you're still grounded. Yeah. And so and it becomes so yeah, it becomes part of the way you respond to the ever evolving mutating reality. Totally. And you still feel everything you need to feel. Like it's just more like, oh, that was really annoying. I'm feeling quite frustrated. But you get to make a choice. You're actually making like a mm. conscious thing because like it's a gift to feel and like things still affect us. Like still you still get affected, but it's like, how can I I'm feeling into this, but I'm not reacting. I'm feeling and I'm yeah. making it, I'm learning the lesson from it and I'm letting it pass. And then I'm creating a conscious action to move forward with. Yes. Whoa, I'm already learning so much from this. (laughs) This resonant energy. Fam, if you were in this room, you'd feel it. I would play something else you said to me. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Or something else that… Yeah, like so in this, in the context of how interacting with the opposite sex or others, to judge oneself by an external image is to limit self to eternal limitations. I read this today. To love and celebrate one's profile or body, no matter what size, shape, or form, is to vibrate in a frequency of infinite freedom. To judge another by their cover is to create a limit. To maybe miss an opportunity to be positively affected by their heart, mind, and soul. Boom. It's a constant practice, like you're saying. It's a daily thing and a darn beautiful one. Yep. Damn straight. Yes, man. Just got me again. It's like… Man, I judge myself a lot. I judge others, external image fully. We're like wired in it. But yeah, deconstruct that a little bit for me. It's like how can I – it's like to, to limit oneself or to try and create some sort of comfort in something that is unknown – is almost a limit in itself to the potential of what could come. So the more that we try and grasp, the more we try and grasp on the way we look or grasp on our ideals of others, yeah. that in itself creates little bounds, little limits to actually stop us from experiencing what we're meant to experience. Because if we grasp onto those little things, we're missing a, a beautiful opportunity for, you know, to just like if we go about our day worrying about the way we look, we could miss this like kid over here with the mum and like that's just like will drive my inspiration for a week. And it's like how can I stay open? How can I use mm. that as a conscious practice to not like, you know, and there's moments where it all falls to shit. Of course, that's life. But it's like how can I try my best to just stay in openness because it's an opportunity to be positively affected and then like the heart, mind, and soul. Yeah. Presence, really. Honestly, is when you invited me to your birthday party a couple of months ago, I had no expectations going in. Like when I go to parties and I'm like, whatever, you know, but I got all dressed up. I was like ready for this, ready to dance. I reignited the dance floor with Shell. Oh, that was and a Uncle Scott fun night. Felt it. <laughs> but like I didn't know if it was going to be because you do have a following and you've been in the LA world. I didn't know if it was going to be like an influencer vibe. Like, oh yeah, you know, no. I was kind of, I was kind of willing, like, ready for anything. I was like, who cares? I'll just wander in, have dinner. It was and a leave. damn rave. Yeah, but it was a rave. But I noticed that I looked around and everyone was beautifully kind of normal. Like there yeah. wasn't the showiness. And I was, I was like, for me, like, 
people can look however they want, but I just noticed that there was like a beautiful energy where you'd fully like beautifully invited even like more average humans into your space and there wasn't this weird elitism of like yeah, well, who's cool invited the cool kids, the Byron cool kids. They're, they're a, it's like a schoolyard in Byron yeah. of coolness and wokeness. There's so many celebrities in Byron. Yeah. But you fully invite a lot of crew and a lot of crew that I'd never met before and it was yeah. just, it was a lot of beautiful Humble humans. Yeah, they're all my my friends. And the most awesome <laughs> thing is pretty much everyone that came to my party didn't know anyone coming because that's what I do. I have so many different yeah. friends from all different groups. So like, pick you, you're gold, stay with me. So I pretty much everyone that came to my party didn't know anyone else coming, but they're still one of my best friends. They're yeah. like, wait, who are all these people? I'm like, they're my friends. And like, I don't know them. And I'm like, yeah, because... I'm friends with you here. But I think because this. you kind of set that kind of energy and theme, like you'd already broken the ice. There weren't walls of like circles of clicks. It was kind of like there is an energy and, a, and almost like a, an essence of like just connecting. Yeah. I felt like I could talk to anyone. Yeah, that's and cool. And it was just kind of like, yeah, because you as a facilitator just kind of set that intention. Totally. Of like and just the gatherer. There's no walls. It's just, you know, openness yeah. and like like everyone and – yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. Family. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into this um, this book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time we hung out. You're like, oh, Billy, I've got another 20 minutes. I've got to, I've got to finish this edit of the book. The I've got to write this afternoon yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> but you're really disciplined. I've noticed that about the way that you kind of – it's hard to get you. It's hard to lock you down in a good way. Like I can tell that yeah, you're um, very – curated you in your day and in your week. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel grateful for my experiences with you. But, like, you're very, um, yeah, you're very disciplined with getting shit done that you really believe in. I know? get obsessed and it's like my passion and it's yeah. like my heart just drives me and, um, you know, there's no question. It's just like a desire. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, let's go there in the book. Like where did this um, beautiful dream um, birth from? So uh, years ago when I sat in an apartment in West Hollywood, I went to write a blog post and I went onto my health and wellness blog and I was like, I'm going to write a blog post. And then I sat there and I wrote two lines and I thought, there's no fucking way I'm going to write a blog post. I want to write a book. And I was like, I've got so much to say. I'm not, I'm not, I can't blog anymore. I, ha- I have to write a book. So I wrote down the title of my book that day. And then from then it was just like, I knew that I was going to write a book. I'd made a decision and I just needed to wait for the perfect opportunity. So I just began to like create notes and like seek inspiration and then, you know, like anything, it's just was like just playing. It was like simmering under the surface and it was just like, how do I get a publisher? Like, how do I do this? Or should I just write it and then self-publish? And then it just came to this like, it was just something that I like had in my pocket. Like I knew I was going to write a book, but I was waiting for the right time and I was off mm-hmm. working on other things. And then when I moved here last year, I went away to um, a flyer hit me in the legs in Lenox Beach and it sent me 14 hours down the coast in my camper van to a festival. I had no idea where I was going. Ended up deep in the bush because of a fly that ran into my legs at Lenox. What's a the, flyer? A flyer, like a pamphlet. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a pamphlet ran into my legs and I turned it over and it had the name of this thing on it. So I was like, yeah. I've got to go. So Oof. I bought a ticket. I drove 14 hours in my first trip in my camper van into the bush, went to this festival. It was transformation. It was like... Everything, like I was just dancing in the dirt with people, no one I knew, like a bazillion miles from home and I just felt like this deep like connection to everything and everyone and like that was the moment I was like, I have to write my book. So I like left that and I like 
ran home and I called my manager and she's like, a publisher just walked into the, our office yesterday, a book publisher, believe it or not. And I pitched my idea, went, flew down, met them, like pitched my idea for them about my book that I've wanted to write for years. And mm. I got signed and then I've just been writing the book this year, which has been pretty cool. Can you tell um, us the book title? Is that okay? I think it's a secret. Oh, okay. It's a- <laughs> I would love to, but like I don't want to get, like no, I think no, it's a bit of a secret. Don't. Oh, it got me on the edge of my I seat. Can, yeah. Um, what, um, is, what is the essence of of the journey of the book, of the piece? So the book is essentially a health and wellness guidebook for young women that shares my personal account, my ups and downs and how health and wellness and positive psychology has, you know, saved, saved my life. And it's just all about um, – implementing healthy habits and just creating a nourishing, sustainable lifestyle. So all the things we touched on today, like, Mm. you know, um, body positivity and like self-love and what what to eat, how to eat, eating psychology, movement, healing your heart, pain and trauma, um, chronic pain, everything. I just kind of like dance through it all. (laughs) And um, that's set to release in the next? Um, Next year. Next year. Yeah. I'm nearly. I've got another deadline next week. I'm on we should um, collaborate on the book release. I'll come and play. That would be amazing. Yeah, let's um, do an event out of it. Yeah, um, let's create an experience for the main one in Byron. Let's yeah, I do- actually was at Harvest last week, and um, the guy offered me the places for events. So let's book that up. <laughs> <laughs> We're just now getting into like planning our lives on a body. You know, that's but how that's it works. The thing. Like I feel like it's like when you sense that like kindred energy, you're like, we should do something. 100%. And you, like you're both creators, like let's co-create. And like if you both do it, it'll just happen. 100%. And it's going to be fucking sick. Let's do heaps of sick Great shit. Great vibe. Let's and do like, it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. And that's another thing of coming back to the inner child. I just love like, man, I've got awesome people in my life and I want to do more things with those awesome people, doing, spending more time on things that I'm really passionate about and things that are fun and, you know, and that are so purpose-driven. And I can yeah. really see is that you, you really carry your life with a lot of purpose. And, and I think it's someone who's been in like the, the Hollywood scene for like since you were younger, but yeah, you do have a real sense of like grounded drive. It's not just whimsical drive of like, I'm just going to like, it's like, you're like, no, I've gone into myself. I've gone into my inner divinity and this is what I feel called to do and I'm doing it. Yeah, it's almost too grounded sometimes. I'm just like, I get so obsessed and determined. It's beautiful. Yeah. But it's, um, no, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. What, is, um, what does an average day look like for you? Tell me about when you wake up. Um. At the moment, like, I mean, every day is different now. For years I had kind of like a routine and a structure. Yeah. And I've actually realised since moving up here that I thrive with waking up with openness. Mm. I don't thrive in rules, yeah. routines and things like that. My morning and my afternoon and then my healthy habits are, you know, the core for me. Doesn't matter what time I do them, I just know they're my non-negotiables. Mm. Grounding and like eating good food and like moving my body. And then just creativity. So if I'm working on my book, then I'll work on my book or I'll spend time in nature with my dog or I'll ponder my next creative. Like I have like 30 projects that I'm like obsessed with working on at the moment. So I was like, mm. I'll write or I'll work on this project or I'll um sketch on my iPad, make music 
plan my next book kind of thing. So it's just it's just <laughs> But I love a, the original intention of like starting with openness. Yeah. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what every Keeping day is. Keeping your heart now. open. Because I don't want to plan to create a limit. If I can o- stay in openness, I'm opening to an opportunity for life to take me on a little adventure. Yeah. And yeah, unpack openness a little bit more because when I think of openness as well, I think of like softness like and an openness to learn. It's kind of like I feel like you are closed when you think you're certain about the world. Yes. Certain, you know, it's or just certain kind of like about self. You lose a little bit of that child, inner child, and yeah. it's like starting with openness and wonder. Yeah, because your creative mantra is really strong and that's cool. Like you're not too rigid on it. I think there's part of our right brains that is just like, like there are certain parameters of like how we start and finish the day, certain things we need to do, but like I'm with you that I think. Creativity wants to dance. I think ritual is good. I think there is always room. Like I have morning ritual and stuff. I meditate in the morning, usually for a certain period of time, but I still hold my rituals kind of lightly because I like yeah. because I want to follow this this spirit and this curvature of consciousness as well. Like, what does my heart want to do now? You know, it's we're changing like, every day. Yeah, for sure. Like, and you know, it's just like it's checking in. That's I guess that's what the openness is. Is checking in. It's like, what do I actually? What is inspiring me right now? Like, what do? What can I do right now that I'm going to do and make? You know, and grow and um. What can I do right now that's actually going to help me rather than having something that I need to do but not being in the space mentally, physically and spiritually to do that thing right now? So it might not be done the best of its ability that it could be done. Mm, mm. So I guess that's what it is. It's just like checking in with self and like what's going to, how can I support myself today? Mm. Talking about creatorship, you said, I've been pondering creativity the last few days as a creator my mind is always coming up with new visions and ideas. The most beautiful part about creativity is everyone can express its art. I believe the key is not trying to create what other people have, not looking to others to try and build something familiar. Freedom comes when we surrender and embrace the beauty of our authentic style. You are the only you. If you listen to your heart, you will be able to create something no one else has. It's all about getting out of your own way and letting the waves flow like the magic of the ocean. And then you even talk about, I've got a fun little new project on the way and it's weird (laughs) and I love it. But yeah, like the organic flow of the creative energy. It's like a creative spirit. Like you said, letting the waves flow like the magic of the ocean. It's like I can only, when I'm trying to reiterate the way that my mind and my heart work with art, I just go back to the ocean. It's like it's waves. It's like an idea comes for me, this stream of consciousness for a new song and it will like come in its entirety when I'm in the car randomly. I pull over because there might be cops around. I get the voice memo out and I just sing this gibberish. And I was feeling myself and I was so hard. And this Taylor Swift melody comes to me and then the verse comes to me and then the bridge and then there's a whole song. And then I jot down like a stanza of notes, lyrics, da, da, da. So like the, the, the body of something comes to me or if exactly. I'm in the ocean or in the shower, 
these random things just come and no one knows where they come from. Because we're just <laughs> energy and we're energy. all vibrations. Yeah. So these things are vibrating in the earth just like bobbling around and when they hit you, you got to be open to receive them and oh. take them on to create because otherwise it's going to bobble off and hit someone else. And like that's the opportunity. It's yeah. like, so it's just like staying free so that like those moments, it's like the vibration and it's hitting you, ready for you to take it on and then just oh, blows out. Man. Hundred percent, and it's like I think that's why, like, that's why it can be limiting when we are doing jobs or nine to fives that we're not stoked on, and how it can kind of sequester some of that energetic fire, and it can close off some of that openness. I think that's like I'm not against a nine to five. I used to be high school. Did you ever have a, have a normal job? No. <laughs> you know, it's like I felt myself getting older when I was a high. I was a high school teacher. I was teaching music and photography and stuff. Loved it, but like. I felt just with my the rigidity of my daily schedule was stopping some of those openings to like creative energy. And I couldn't fully just be my eccentric feminine self because I was trying to be this guy in a suit and a tie. But now that I can know that I'm just energy as well, it's just kind of like I'm just part of this like big, beautiful, complex, intricate universe bouncing around and we're like antennas. We're just receiving, right? Totally. And I'm sure that even when you're writing your book, you're like, fuck, this book's already been written. It's just coming straight through oh, me. I you wrote, are just a conduit. As soon as I got the, the F out of my own way, I was just like, I'm at 90,000 words and I just couldn't stop. Yeah. Like I wrote like twenty to 30,000 words over and I just can't even, I, could, I feel like I could write six books. But it's just as soon as I get out of my own way, it's just like it flows through. I'm not even trying. Like it just, yeah. it comes. It's like I'm just... I'm just like letting myself, it, it, letting it come through me, whatever is vibrating around that needs to be put through me for others to read. I think the limit to that, well, while we do limit ourselves and we can't experience what you experience a lot is because what you just expressed takes a fuckload of vulnerability. Oh, 100%. You got you gotta, <laughs> you gotta to let fear like say bye to fear and just be like, all right, give it to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's also opening yourself up to any possibility, but like I like I like to say, like what's worse than a life, um, What's why live a life in fear? Like what's worse than, than a life in regret? Yeah. Like never regret. Like yeah. the more, I don't want any regrets. So like if I take the leap and it doesn't work, that's better than being in regret. Mm. I feel like coming back to that inner child, now when I go into a recording studio, I feel like, Songs are just so fun. I'm more confident about vibrations and and things that I'm stepping into in a studio now. Like I can walk in and just be like, this is a potential chorus and I'll just sing it. Even if I'm not fully in tune and I'm singing it for someone else, like Kyle Leinhardt who can sing it, I'm just like, this is what it could be. Things just come, you know, 60% of the time things get negated but I don't take it personally. It's kind of like, yeah. but I think two, even two years ago, I was like, oh, if I get rejected on something, I'm just going to like, I'm not going to write something for a week or a month. But now it's kind of like, you know, it things are work. just coming and it's beautiful. Like it's literally like just being a kid again. Yeah. And it is in that space of freedom. I think I've just been able to like, just see it as so much more fun. I'm taking myself less seriously, but my output is so much more. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And like you do three it's of them and two of them are great and one's not great or like yeah. one's brilliant and two are not great, then that that's all you need. Yeah. Man. You know? Oh, so good. 
wrapping up is, um, oh, what were some things we talked about before? So, is, is there a couple of things that you still want to touch on before we wrap? I know. I think that was beautiful. Um, I would just like to remind everyone of our honor intention because yes. I think that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, is I'm very honored to um, to be one of your neighbors and for you to come over and just have a little chinwag with your Malaysian buddy. <laughs> chinwag. Um, that is the best word. <laughs> I love Can that. you just inspire us with um, plant-based diets? I really wanted to go there because, like, we hold that in in sync. Like, um, yeah. Do you talk about that much in your book about your plant-based living? And I have a whole uh, chapter on nutrition, but I also, um, after studying eating psychology too, I don't like to. I preach no diets, rules, yeah. and restrictions. So I just like to say eat as much of the good stuff as you can, and just eat as much plant foods as you can. I don't. I feel like you know, trying to define ourselves to certain things. But I just like plant food will make you feel like eat the rainbow, feel like the rainbow. And Mm. it just makes you feel so good. So it's not about like, it's not, it's about eating more of the good stuff. So eating is heaps of the good stuff that you can and like trying your best to like fill up on all of that stuff. And then I believe Mm. that slowly like processed foods and meats and things will start to like go away because you'll be craving this nourishing plant food. Yeah, because I think like the whole egoic field when it comes to veganism and non-veganism, like I eat mostly vegan, but I don't, even talking about veganism publicly, obviously the scrutiny that you can get, but then you become part of this club where they hate everyone else that doesn't eat vegan. And I'm like, that's back to high school. Like, that's not for me. I don't like labels in that way. Yeah, I don't either. But like, I'm like low key, like I'm a plant frother. Oh, me too. And people come over, cook these like feasts for all my 20 friends. You know, I love that. But I still think like everybody's body is different and there has to be some flexibility. I My ancestry is half Asian where my ancestors ate more plants and less red meat than Europeans. So my body, you know, doesn't, doesn't suffer as much from not eating meat, you know, but some other bodies, you know, like they yeah. crave chicken and I'm like, well, like, I don't know. You know, you have to be a bit flexible. Totally. You know, everyone's body and where people are at. And so I just think there just needs to be like a heck more grace and research totally before people get tribal about it you yes. know i'm all about like saying no to factory farming i'm all about carbon emissions coming down i'm a i'm a climate warrior like i'm fully in that but i still believe like you've got to give people their personal sovereignty just to kind of journey that you know yeah. without just preaching and shoving it down their throat of like this is what they need to do yeah, because like, that yeah and you know, supporting them, that's where they'll want to change. That's when you're intrigued to change. When someone says something's bad, you just, the people's minds just goes, oh, well, I don't want to do that then, yeah. you know. Um, mm. But you know, everyone's everyone's body and functions differently. So, like, yeah. just eat as much of the good stuff as you can and then just keep checking yeah. in with the way you checking feel. Checking in, feeling it out. Yeah. Is I'm so excited about your journey. You've really inspired me today to like to go further into my heart and to really put legs on more on more of my dreams. Um, and particularly with what you're channeling to especially women around the world. I just felt like from just my first interactions with you, like far out, this is a, a powerful universal voice. And I'm so excited to see where the next couple of years open up more opportunities for, for healing. Like I hope you can know that you're a healer, Thank you know, you. And, and in that realm. And so pumped to be a mate. 
So, so come good. to the treehouse anytime. Cook me more cookies. <laughs> that was sick. I love healthy baking. Yeah, I'm obsessed. <laughs> cool. My sister, I'll talk Such to you a pleasure. soon, Izzy. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening to the Beginning of Us podcast. This podcast is created on Bundjalung land, just south of Byron Bay. We pay our respects to the original custodians of this land. If this episode has connected with you, please leave a comment, share the episode on your Instagram stories and subscribe to this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. The Beginning of Us is produced by Billy Otto. The theme music is by Billy Otto and Caleb Tusker. Technical direction by Eliash Perez. Find out all about Billy's many mindful projects and music by Instagram at, at Billy Otto. Blessings to you and namaste.